baseball guy, so it it felt like I was walking up to, so it's because they record that one, and it's on YouTube forever, so we won't won't do that again. You guys are lucky. (laughs) Well, welcome to Ridgeview Church. We're so glad you're here this morning. My name's Cameron McCullough. I'm the associate pastor here. Um, Pastor Alex, our lead pastor, is in um, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, at our Hope Church, who has been a real blessing to Ridgeview uh, since day one. They've really teamed with us in starting Ridgeview, and, and to this day, they still do. So it's, it's a great opportunity to share about teaming together. That's the topic of their series. So I'm going to kick over water. But um, yeah, so he's there, and I'm here. So uh, welcome. And uh, today, I get to close out this great series called uh, No Offense. And we've been looking at how, as Christians, we can live life not offended. And man, would that make the world a better place if we would stop canceling people because we're offended, right? And that's, a, that's a, a hot topic today. We just delete you from Facebook, from Instagram. We don't want anything to do with you. It's gone. See you later. <laughs> and uh, if we could live uh, as Christians with no offense, it could really make a, a difference in our relationships. And so today I'm going to talk about forgiveness. And uh, as I was preparing, um, this verse here um, from the wise Solomon came to me. It's Proverbs 19.11. It says, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Man. So um, Proverbs is full of those, and uh, I've actually found a couple. But before we get to the second one, just think of that. Just Life is better with no offense. It's, it's glory, right? There's glory when, the, when we overlook an offense. Um, and that's wise words from Solomon. And offenses build fences. That's where I want to start today and just show you this other proverb, Proverb 18, 19. It says, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. And a quarreling is like the bars of a castle. And so as I read this, I really got this picture. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. But, but when you decide to follow Christ, what really happens is you gain a new reflex. And it's a forgiveness reflex. And we got to know that we don't just know about it. We actually have to live it out. And we have to do it. He demands as far as we think that forgiveness is, is for the offender. But studies show, and the Bible tells us, that it actually is healthy to let that go and forgive. And so it's actually... Um, for the offended forgiveness. And that's actually where the most healing comes from. And so that proverb that we just looked at, Proverbs eighteen nineteen, 19, um, brought this image. And there's an image of a field that we should put up here on the screen. And in this field, you see that, man, it's wide open. It's great. It looks awesome. And, and the sky's the limit, <laughs> really. There's nothing out there. Um, and so this is the beginning of a relationship. And in marriages, we call this the honeymoon stage. But there's nothing in the way. We're just living the dream. All I could think of when I saw this was ankle-biting mosquitoes. Because <laughs> I got like four of those bites on my leg. But get past the mosquito part, because <laughs> I'm sure there's some out there. But it's beautiful, right? It's open. It's wide open. There's no challenges. There's nothing in the way. And what happens as we uh, live in relationship, the closer we get to someone, the harder relationships can get, Right? The more you know about it. Actually, as I was preparing this, um, this sermon, I was like thinking through all the times in my life I've been offended. And you know who kept coming to mind? My brothers. I have two brothers. And I'm like, man, what? how did we get through life just mad at each other all the time? Um, but I think there's also some extra forgiveness when it comes to family. So, um, But yeah, just the closer you get, the more intimate a relationship, the easier it is to be offended by that person. And that's just how it works. And so what happens is we... we Imagine this is a relationship, and what happens is we, we start to have these expectations, and most hurt in life comes from unmet expectations. Somebody let us down. Somebody offended us because they didn't do what we expected them to do. 
And really, unmet expectations sometimes translate into uncommunicated expectation. So we don't communicate what we really want to have happen, and then when it doesn't happen, we're like, why didn't you do that? That's like a lot of times in parenting, we expect them to clean their room, but we haven't set that uh, standard, right? And so it, it can be an unmet expectation. What happens in relationships and when there's unmet expectations is there. And that fits to that part of the relationship and bumping into it and going, whoa, there's something there. What's wrong? Like, there's something off, right? Because it hasn't been communicated that we're offended, and it hasn't been cleared up. We talk about that in hard attitudes, right? Clearing up relationships. And so we end up living life, and unmet expectation is a key part of why we get offended from people. And um, 1 Corinthians actually says that we shouldn't put expectation on, on man, but on God. Um, that's, a, that's 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. It's not going to be on the screen, but be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And that's what we should do. We should really put expectations on uh, Christ and not on our uh, relationships. And so another thing pops up, and that's unchecked selfishness. Just the other day, maybe a couple months ago, I was going to play golf, and uh, I was walking out the door, and I was so excited. I had my clubs. I'm like, I'm going golfing. And uh, when I got to the golf course, I got this buzz on my phone, and it said, did you know today's trash day? <gasps> oh, no. There was an expectation that I didn't uh, meet, and I knew it right off the bat. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't take the trash cans to the curb. It's trash day. And uh, I was so excited. I was so selfish about playing golf that I forgot my responsibilities. And so unchecked selfishness is another fence post that can be easily driven. Luckily, I have an amazing wife who knows to clear things up and, and brought it to my attention. So I had a chance to, will you forgive me for that? I'm sorry. Did you already take it out to the curb? Because I can, I can take care of it. But she had already done it with three kids in the middle of a homeschool day, just in time for the trash truck. And she took out the trash that I walked right past on the way out. So um, thank you, Jesse. And I'm sorry again. Uh, so unchecked selfishness, right? I was so focused on what I wanted to accomplish that day that I forgot my responsibilities. And that can easily drive another fence post in. And if it's not communicated, again, one person's bumping into it not knowing, and the other person's bump, watching you bump into it. There they go again. There they go again. Same old person, just doing the same mistakes. Ugh, so aggravating. I'm offended. And that can keep happening. I'm going to talk about last is um, just untamed, really impossible to... And untamed pride is really important because if we don't tame our pride, it's really impossible to, one, ask for forgiveness, and two, to forgive someone because we're so wrapped up in ourselves. And what happens as we build these fence posts is with more time goes on, just like that verse said, a quarreling uh, is like the bars of a castle. These pickets fill in the fence posts. And then as you come up to these people that you used to be so wide open with, there's a barrier, there's a gap and we can't get to it. And the only way to see what used to be is to peek through those fence posts and see, what, what? I can barely even tell what this relationship used to be like. And the only way to break those down is through forgiveness. And that's where we're going to start today. Today we're going to read through Matthew 18, 23 through 35. And this is a parable about Jesus answering this question of how many times do I have to break down that fence? And we're going to talk about what does it mean to forgive someone? And so I'm going to go through this, this parable just paragraph by paragraph, and, and give some insight and a little bit of truth out of each uh, part here. So um, Matthew 18, 23 says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Uh, 10,000 talents is 
uh, hard to relate to. We don't really know what that means, right? So um, I did some research, and 10,000 talents would equate to 20 years' wages. <clears throat> this guy could have worked his whole life and never spent a penny and never paid the master back. Um, it was an astronomical amount. And so I did some more math. That's $3.5 billion in our today and age, just under $4 billion worth of debt. Um, so besides the amount, just know that it's an astronomical number. It's a number that he was not going to pay back through his life. It was impossible. And so um, in verse 25, it should be up in children and all that he had and the payment be made. Uh, this is how it worked in the day and age. You couldn't pay your debts. Um, they just started to sell your assets, including your kids, your, your wife, yourself, you, and you'd be sold to another master, and then it was just done that way. <clears throat> and then I really, this is, this is the important piece here. In verse 26, so the servant fell on his knees, <clears throat> imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him his debt. This was the man's only hope, was for this master to forgive him. And he did. And in this story, um, it's, it's crucial to understand that when this debt was taken, it didn't disappear. Those talents were still missing. Somebody had to absorb that debt. And in this case, it was the master. And he absorbed this huge debt. And uh, the owner here, the master, he represents God in this story. And, and God has really absorbed the cost for us, right? We, he's forgiven us through his son, Jesus, on the cross. And his death and resurrection has saved us and paid an astronomical debt, the same as this story is telling. So here's, remember what those, that, that servant had asked, have patience with me. And here's where it turns. And try not to be offended by this guy. <laughs> but when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. 10,000 denarii is about $15,000. <clears> um, so this guy, there's a complete disconnect. He's lost. He has no idea what he's doing. He just got forgiven an astronomical debt, and he can't forgive his brother who heals him. And not even, it's really not much. And so there's this a, a king who has forgiven us every debt. As long as we follow him and, and believe in his, Christ, his son, Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven, and, and yet we can't forgive our brother, who's a sinner just like us. And so verse 28 says, but when this, the same servant went out, he found out what's the one we just read. Verse 29 says, so he, his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. And he refused. And he went out and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. Wow. So at this point, I think we all can agree that some justice needs to be executed, right? <laughs> this guy's choking his, his fellow servant out after being forgiven. And now this is when uh, the other servants kind of rally around um, this and he says when then verse 31 it says when his fellow servants saw what had taken place they were greatly distressed and they went out and reported to their master all that had taken place 
Then the master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. That last passage is important because we must forgive from the heart. Uh, when it does, when we do that, peace can really emerge out of that and we can be comforted knowing that I've forgiven that. <clears throat> of course, this is a huge masterful story that Jesus told uh, to Peter and it's, um, it's full of just real good truth. And, um, but we, we really need to be specific in how we forgive. And uh, forgiveness is the key to really breaking hurt and pain and really getting rid of the, of the debts that you owe. <clears throat> forgiveness breaks the chain of the debts that you owe and the debts that were owed to you, as we see in this story. And that's why the Lord prayer says, forgive our debts as we forgive our anybody know? debtors. And it's got to be a daily thing. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And so, how do we do this? Well, let's take a look. We're going to go through a few. If you um, haven't seen already, there's a listening guide to help you follow along. I'm talking fast, so that might help you. Um, first, uh, so to forgive, we have to do these things. I must identify the debt. We saw this happen in this story. The master was going over the books, seeing what, what he was owed, right? And he, he saw, ooh, this guy, that's a lot of talents. And we must identify the debt. So go ahead and answer that difficult question. That person in your life, I think we talked about those people earlier in the series, but just that person or that thing that is just hard to forgive, what do they owe you? It's a hard question to answer, especially a, a lot of us have deep hurts. What do they owe and we got to be specific. And if we forgive in general, and then it's too vague, and it's going to come back. It's like, I, I imagine a balloon. Like you blow up a balloon with one, one air, and you hold it, and you let go. It's controllable. It'll stay in front of you, and you can grab it. But the longer you blow air into that balloon, when you let go of it, it's uncontrolled. And there's just all over the place, right? And so the quicker we can do it, the better. The longer we hold on to it, the harder it's going to be, and it's going to be a little out of control, it's, it will seem, but we have to do it. We have to just list those things. So in the case of deep hurts, just take a day, write them all down. What do they owe you? What am I owed? What am I owed? Don't rush. It's painful, but it helps in the long run. Uh, I just had surgery on my mouth, and man, I did not want to do it, but I'm so grateful that I did now. <laughs> I got rid of that sharp pain that was always there, and now I'm good. And so this process will be a lot like that. It'll be a lot like that. You're going to feel pain as you do it, but in the long run, uh, things will clear up. The stitches will be removed. <laughs> uh, sometimes we, we can quickly forgive, and then it doesn't really mean anything at all just because we're trying to avoid pain. Oh, I forgive them. But then it happens again, and you didn't really forgive them. Anybody been there? So this doesn't work. Doing it quickly 
it's time-consuming, and really, you have to know, what am I forgiving them for? List it. Because um, if you don't, what you're really doing is you're just packing dynamite, and then eventually, the situation's going to be in front of you, and you're going to explode in anger, in bitterness, or even worse, you're going to implode in anger and bitterness and end up hurting your own health. It's stressful. There's anxiety involved. So let it go. That's the first step. Identify the debt. So after we identify the debt, we actually have to cancel the debt, just like the master did in this story. Decide that they don't owe you from now on. We tend to wait for the person who owes us to ask our forgiveness and apologize. Uh, But that's doesn't always happen, unfortunately. And so beat them to it. You know, that offended me. I forgive you. Clear it up. The first one to notice, right? And so I decide that they don't owe me from now on, and I'm never going to use that against them. That's important. And you can't afford to wait because they might not ever apologize, and it's not enough to close that gap and break down that fence anyway. We didn't say apology broke down the fence. The scripture doesn't tell us that an apology breaks down the, the gap between your relationships. Come into God's kingdom by apologizing. It's from his forgiveness. So the third thing, refuse to use your debt against them ever again. I just touched on this, but I, I will not pay them back for the harm they've done. Normally, when we stay general, like we said, it would forgive, but the feelings of hurt come back, and then they show up even more harsh. And so as we hold on to these things, as, as we forgive briefly, but then don't really get rid of the hurt that's inside, what ends up happening is we just chain this person or this thing to our arm, and we just drag them along with us. And every time we go through a situation that reminds us of them, it hurts, And so forgiveness is a way to just break that chain and go. Now, I'm not saying to forgive and forget. That wouldn't be wise. If somebody owed you $15,000 and you forgave that debt, it would not be wise for you to offer them $15,000 more most likely, right? So you can't forgive. You you can forgive and not forget that 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 scenario happened, but you can choose to not use it against them and not say, you know, I don't want anything to do with you because you did that then that's not true forgiveness. I forgive you for that, but I'm not going to trust you with with any more of my money. So, identify the debt, cancel the debt, and refuse to use that debt against them. And God wants us to, to do this even when it hurts us. Even when it seems impossible, I can guarantee that there's been times in our lives where it's been really hard to forgive someone, and it might even be the case probably the case that there's some forgiveness that still needs to be given in this room today that is hurting us, and it's hard, and it seems impossible. But I want to walk through some scriptures and just let's go through this together and figure out how can we forgive when it seems impossible? How can we forgive our debtors when it seems impossible? The first thing, there's some fill-in-the-blanks for you here. So listen closely. Them whether it's one or all of them. I think I skipped one, huh? <laughs> we'll go back. Stay connected in a relationship with God. Now you know both of them. I'm, I'm just, we're ahead of the game. Uh, so stay connected in a relationship with God. Jeremiah 2.19, you're, 
Your wickedness will punish you. Your backsliding will rebuke you. This highlighted portion, consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you when you forsake the Lord your God and have no awe of me, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. In the struggle, the first thing we cannot do is turn our backs on God. We have to stay in relationship with him because as we isolate, we're just waiting to explode and we get away from God's care, God's love, we're waiting to explode or implode, and we just carry this burden. In the struggle, don't turn on him. He wants to use those struggles to actually grow you. And if you use the resources given while you're struggling, you will grow in faith. That is key, is as you keep drawing on his resource as you're hurting, and set your heart and your mind on the things above, and not on the earthly things that we're going to talk about in a minute in Colossians, as we do that, man, it can change the way we feel about people. It can change the way we feel about a circumstance. Don't turn on God. Instead, lean on him through the hard times. The second, recognize the symptoms of bitterness and get rid of them. There's an echo in here. Deja vu. <laughs> uh, Hebrews twelve fifteen. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Does anybody remember this from last week? I'm not going to go into grave detail, <laughs> but uh, he nailed it last week, Pastor Alex. And we talked about that. I don't go out there and take care of the weeds. It's going to ruin my good food. And what happens is these weeds grow up and they choke out my zucchini plant. But zucchini plant cuts my hands, and I don't really want to weed around it. And so if I knowingly go out there and do this, um, my zucchini grows. If I don't, it chokes it out, and bad, it's bad. And the thing that really hit me last week was that when I go out there, this happened to me, actually, during, on, on Wednesday. I went out to pull the weeds, and when I pulled it, the whole zucchini plant came out with the roots of the weed. And so that showed me, hey, man, there's some collateral damage here from not not doing this and not taking care of these symptoms. And now there's more things hurting than just my garden. Like my whole plant's gone. It's gone. It's, that's a lasting impact on my garden, right? And so we have to weed out these things. And we're going to talk about that. Bitterness can cause problems in relationships. So what are we weeding out? Colossians 3.8, it says, But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. It's not easy. When people make us mad, we're mad. <laughs> but the Bible tells us to weed those things out and look for it. So recognize those symptoms that, man, I'm really upset at this person. Like, there's some anger here. And get rid of it. Lose it. Take it out. Pull it. Before it really makes an impact for a long time. You have to grow a whole new zucchini plant. And so the third thing, put on the virtues of compassion and humility and patience. Continuing in Colossians, it talked about what to get rid of. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
that can help you to see that. But instead, if we don't do that, what ends up happening is we have anger and there's these blinders in front of our face and we go through it and we can't see any possible reason why they would have done that. And what ends up happening is we get so raged and so mad that we really just digitally remove them from the picture. If I just get rid of them, the hurt will go. No. But if you put on humility, you put on kindness, and if you forgive and and refuse to use those debts against them, things can change. Humility says, I could have done that same mistake because I'm a sinner too. Have you guys ever been to an AA meeting? (laughs) My wife's uh, grandpa was a recovering, and he was alcohol-free for many years, but he would go to these AA meetings, and one of the things they do at the start is they say, hi, and they say their name, and they say, I'm an alcoholic, and they all respond, hi, with the name. And so keep that in mind in this scenario. Hi, I'm Cameron. I'm a sinner. Hi, Cameron. And in response, everybody agrees that, hey, we all are. And you're in good company. And we have to keep that in mind, that we are all sinners. And we could have made those same mistakes that offended us. We could do the same thing. We could hurt just the same. And we probably have. So offenses can really clog up the arteries of a relationship if you're thinking of a heart. It's important to forgive bitterness. And unforgiveness can really affect your friendships, your relationships, in your family, and it can affect God's church. It's important to use forgiveness. And there's one other thing, important thing, really important thing that God uh, says it'll affect if unforgiveness can affect, and that's in Psalm 66, 18. That's just a reference for you. It says that it can affect your prayer life. God doesn't listen. And we are commanded to forgive. I'm going to start to close. The plane's at uh, 15,000 feet. So um, Colossians 1, 13, 14. I'm going to close with this passage here. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So yes, forgiveness can seem impossible. And without Christ... It truly is impossible. So when we decided to follow Christ and we became citizens of this brand new kingdom, because of that, we now have this forgiving reflex that we have to live out. And just like the servant in Matthew, he was forgiven by his master. God has forgiven an astronomical debt. The scripture says that the wages of sin is death. And he's forgiven us from that. As long as we make Jesus the boss of our life, the wages of sin was death, and we've been given through his son in the resurrection and forgiveness. Instead of that, we're offered eternal life. As we give our lives to God, and he makes, and make him the boss. And then also like the servant that we saw here, there's going to be times where offenses arise, and our pride builds up, And our selfishness builds up and we want to be angry and we're probably going to want to choke them. We can't. 
We can't do that. We have a different reflex. So when it seems impossible, God can make it possible. We may feel like, like really hurting them back, but at that point, you need forgiveness. So like that servant, we'll be offended. Live life with no offense. And we can do that by forgiving. And so I just would say, if you guys haven't made that decision, maybe you're wrestling with the decision to follow Christ. Just keep this in mind that peace can be made, pride can be let go of, and through Christ you can have true life change in the way that you relate to others, in the the burden that is lifted off your shoulders, knowing that Christ has paid this debt, and I don't have to. I can forgive it. I could have made this same mistake. So I'd like to wrap up this message by asking you to think through a few next steps and ask the band to come back up. Uh, In Ridgeview, we do these each week. We take next steps in our relationship with Christ. And man, I love that we do this because it's very helpful. And so I would just ask, if you are going to take one of these next steps, let us know on your connection card, and our prayer team would love to pray for you as you do this. It's not easy to take these next steps always, and so some prayer along the way would help. And so the first one is make Jesus the boss of your life. I just talked about this. If you haven't made that decision um, and you want to know more about it, come see us at the next step table after service. One of the staff would love to walk you through what that means and how to do that and, um, and just really help you along in your next step in that direction. Uh, the second next step would be to ask God to help me develop a spirit of forgiveness. It's not easy to just do it. So you really need some help from God to do this. Help him to change the way you think. Help him to change your mindset into the things Colossians tells us to actually hold on to and dress ourselves with and let go of the things it tells us to to let go. And then the third next step is come back for our series launch next week. Uh, We'll be looking through the book of James, and everybody knows what series launch means? Donuts. That's right. And so come for a donut and a fresh new series. We're going to be looking through the book of James. It's called Pressure Points. And uh, we're going to be talking about when you suffer. And um, that's, that's the, the cover right there. <laughs> and so Pastor Alex will be starting that series next week. Ephesians, and we bought this book. And it was awesome because I could take notes next to the passage as uh, the sermon was going. So um, you can grab those on Amazon. If you're interested in that, write that on your connection uh, card, Illuminated Scripture Journal for James. And uh, we can get you the link uh, for Amazon to buy those. They're, I think they're, they're pretty cheap. You guys hear that? That's pretty good because I'm done. So <laughs> buzzer beater, it counts. All right. Uh, so if you're a first-time guest with us today, I'd love to meet you if I haven't yet out at the Next Step table. Thanks for being here. We're going to receive this morning's offering in just a minute, and the band's going to close us with one last song. Thanks. Here, let me, let me pray. <laughs> God, thank you so much for this time that we've had together this morning. Thank you for your son, Jesus, and the forgiveness that you've given. Lord, will you help us to forgive our, our debtors and help us to face the pain and the hurt of doing that by really focusing on you and your virtues and letting go of our, our bitterness and our malice and our anger. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to meet together this morning and be together as a church unified around that forgiveness. Help us to share that with others as you have have really loved us and done that for us. Help us to do it back. 
And uh, we just thank you for this time. In your name we pray, amen.